ver. So, I got a really fun question for you today. <laughs> okay, shoot. <laughs> what was your sex ed program in school like? Not fantastic. Is anybody's fantastic? Oh, well, it was especially because it was during, you and I both went to high school during the Bush era. Where abstinence was, yeah, yeah preached. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much just an abstinence-only education. Mm-hmm. Um, very few real things about how sex works or what to think of or what to, uh, like, self-love, we'll say. None of that was taught, you know? Nope. Definitely not. Not even, like, teaching people, like, who aren't circumcised how to clean, you know? I learned more from MTV than I did yeah. in school, so... <laughs> I, I think a lot of yeah. people feel that way. Yeah, a lot of us had to learn by doing or doing our own research. Mm-hmm. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Teeth? You mean the 2007 infamous movie about vagina dentata. <laughs> what a horrible phrase. <laughs> I promise it's the only time I'll do that. I had to get it out of my system, and now it's out, it's done, it's over. I apologize. So I'm Nicole. It means no pussy. Oh God! For the rest of your days. All right, now now they can hate you. It's our penis-free philosophy, vagina dentata. And you said you hadn't had enough caffeine. <laughs> I'm chugging a cold brew. Anyway, where was I? I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the horror babes. Correct. Here to talk about teeth. Yes. Not the ones in your mouth. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to follow the normal format, just in case you're new here. What that means is Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, and then I'll take us through the plot. And in our third segment, we will discuss said plot. So without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Son of famous pop artist Roy Lichtenstein. Yeah. Mitchell Lichtenstein. Fun fact. <laughs> we actually, uh, Nicole, when Nicole moved in with me, she surprised me with a uh, Roy Lichtenstein inspired espresso pot or mocha pot. I did. It's very cute. It's adorable. Um, but yeah, this is a 2000, yeah, like you, I think we said it was from 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a black comedy horror film. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's been compared to John Waters uh, positively. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a horror film, <laughs> no question about that. Yeah. Um, Lichtenstein produced it himself. It was a budget of $2 million, um, but it made it back 2.3 uh-huh. worldwide. Uh, this is his debut film. Uh, he's done a couple since. I have not seen the rest of his work, though. Yeah. This is the f- only one I've seen from him. Um, he was an actor before this, uh, doing, you know, just bit parts here and there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, ended up being a pretty good director and writer. Yeah. It stars Jess Wexler as Dawn, John Hensley as her stepbrother, Brad. Josh Pace as Dr. Godfrey, our gynecologist. Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Hale Appleman as Toby, who starts off being a cute boy and then is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Lenny Von Dolan as her stepdad, Bill. Vivian Banesh as her stepmom, Kim. Um, Ashley Springer as Ryan, who we thought was going to be the hero. He's not. Spoilers. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> Julia Garo as Gwyn. And Nicole Swan as Melanie. Correct. Yes, those are the people <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> is the dad from Twin Peaks? I, he's got to be. I, he, I didn't even look him up, but I'm he's, pretty sure um, the he guy is. with the greenhouse in Twin Peaks, right? Or does he just oh, look very similar? 
Now I'm, I'm looking him up right now because I'm... I feel like I go through this every time I've seen this movie. I'm like, that's the guy from Twin Peaks. And then I'm like, wait, is it? <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks. Amazing. Yeah, look he was go. in the, um, both the show and Firewalk with me. Harold. Yes. Look at me go. He's the one who Laura trusts with her diary. Yes, that's the one. Recognizing people and shit. <laughs> yes. Um, the music was from Robert Miller who's done a lot of great work, but um, probably actually know him best from uh, doing a bunch of the music for 30 for 30, the ESPN documentary series. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I mean, he also did, unfortunately, uh, that terrible Louis C.K. movie from, like, 2017, uh, I Love You, Daddy. Mm. It's a really fucked up and creepy movie. I, yeah. ugh, it's gross. Especially knowing what we know about him now. Exactly. Um... Cinematography was from Wolfgang Held. He's done a bunch of work, most notably this um, and The Visitor. Mm-hmm. And the editing was from Joe Landauer, who did a bunch of dope stuff. Like he worked on K Pax, uh, Signs, mm-hmm. uh, worked on Manchurian Candidate, the remake with uh, uh, Denzel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it premiered in 2007 at Sundance. And yeah, everybody loved it there. So it got a wide release a year later, um, 2008. Uh, from uh, Roadside Attractions for the, uh, who did the distribution. Mm-hmm. It's a really tight runtime, 94 minutes, super easy. Yeah. And just a heads up, y'all, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, just be aware there is going to be a lot of discussion of sexual assault in this uh, episode. Uh, it happens a lot in this movie. It is kind of the main thing. Mm-hmm. So just if you if you're not down with that, please, we love you and we don't want you to have to deal with that. Correct. If you are not feeling like that is a safe space, then absolutely turn this off right now. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Listen to another episode. Go drink a cold brew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go get yourself something nice. Um, Have a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I want a sandwich. Actually, yeah, it sounds really good right yeah, now. <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, anyway, wow. Uh, we have our main character, Don O'Keefe. Do you think that that was on purpose? Like Georgia O'Keefe? Oh, Duh. I thought you were making a queef joke. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was talking about Georgia O'Keefe. I didn't put it together until you said that, but yes. Vagine artiste. Vagine artiste. Georgia O'Keefe. <laughs> um, yeah. I just put that together. Anyway, um, we love a discovery moment. <laughs> um, so she is a teenage spokesperson for a Christian abstinence group called The Promise. Uh better known as the fa- amazing song from the 80s by When in Rome. Yes. I'm sorry, but I just... <laughs> okay. I, I can't sing okay. right now. I'm not doing well. This kind of cracks me up, though, because when she's, like, talking about the ring, it's, like, this really ugly, like, red... It's, like, red quartz or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, she's, like, the ring reminds you to keep your gift wrapped. <laughs> I wish the comedy hit a little bit better in this movie, and we'll talk about that later, but that's one line that you kind of can't tell if it's campy or, like, sincere. Yeah, is it camp or is it serious? And that's, yeah, a, yeah it's a line this movie tries to, uh, I don't think it walks it the best. Yeah, we'll talk about that definitely in our third segment, but... Um, so she attends these groups um, with her two friends, Alicia and Phil. And at home, her stepbrother is completely, you know, opposite of her, of course. He's Ugh. just... Her stepbrother, Brad, and his girlfriend, Melanie, are arguing about Brad's refusal to engage in vaginal intercourse with her, insisting on only having anal. 
so yeah and that's um we see that at the beginning of the movie because it's the two of them in the pool and they're exploring each other's bodies per which se which kids do which kids do but it does feel a little like she's not comfortable with it yeah and he gets his finger bit yeah so yeah that just like a little you know pre pre-plot moment happens and can we just talk about this motherfucker's room for a second? Oh, I was going to ask you to anyway. When we were watching this, re-watching it, I should say, I was like, you know this guy's room just smells completely abysmal. Yeah, you said it's like stale cigarettes, stale beer, and that sweat that people drink too much have. Yes, and then on top of that, the smell of a lot of anal. And he has a dog that I doubt he bathes. Yep. Um, and it's a big dog, too. Yeah, so. it's a Rottweiler. Yeah. I do love that the dog's name is Mother. Um, <laughs> this guy's got issues. Yes, absolutely. What What else did I say? Oh, oh and there's, like, constant oh, like, weed smoke. And yeah, like, so it's, like, just a bunch of really stale smells, but on top of that, a bunch of really aggressive smells. Like, we've all we've all smelled a boy when they come home from the gym. Like, yeah, it's, and it's, he's like a sweaty crusty gym, motherfucker. Like, sweaty gym clothes, but on top of that, wet dog... And then the smell of like anal, stale weed. And then, yeah, when that smell that comes from someone who's drank like so much. A bunch, of cheap, a bunch of cheap beer, yeah. And then it like comes through their pores. Yeah. That's what this motherfucker's room smells like. Oh, and probably old nasty pizza. Yeah. It's gross. That's exactly how they're painting this person anyway. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I had the epiphany of like, his room must smell rank. <laughs> um, but anyway... One afternoon after giving a speech to her group about the purity ring worn by members of the group, Dawn is introduced to Toby. Um, she obviously finds him attractive. We have She's this like, like oh, hello. we have this like, oh, moment. Um, and then the four of them begin going out as a group. Dawn ends up having a fantasy about marrying Toby. Of course, marriage has to happen first. Yeah, um, I love that her sexual fantasy is marriage. Yeah. And she like does start to touch herself and then she's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And just repeats the word purity to herself. Spooky cult. and <laughs> cult, and then so after they acknowledge their attraction, but then they're like, "We can't spend time together." But then they give in, of course, you know, hormones, yeah. and they go to this swimming hole, which is pretty sick. I love this swimming hole. Yeah, yeah, they had gone there earlier with their friends. It's fucking cool. Yeah, um, but they swim together. They go into a cave um, because they're cold. They start kissing. Oh, um, <laughs> the I love way the- what she calls him, and he's like. She's like, I want to see you. And the the, the, the smash cut is amazing because it smash cuts to the swimming hole. And it's just him flying down that road with his Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just aggressive. It's really funny. I also love how they're like, we're both really cold. And then she goes into the cave and then he tries to get out of the cold water. And she says, no, stay in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so they start kissing and she tries to get Toby to leave this cave because it's getting too hot and heavy for her. Right. But then he becomes only more physical and aggressive. Dawn panics and tries to push him off, but Toby ends up shaking Dawn, which smacks her head against the ground and knocks her out. So <sighs> then Toby takes this opportunity to rape Slip her. Slip it in, yeah. Yeah. Dawn fights back and then bites off his penis with her vagina. By accident, we should say. Yeah, she doesn't know... That she has this, yeah. Yeah, she hasn't even really touched herself to our knowledge, so she has no idea. Um, And even if she had, 
it, that's not the that's not the logic of this movie yeah, anyway. No, no. So Dawn's naturally horrified. She doesn't know what's happening. Um, she goes to another promise meeting. She meets her classmate Ryan at a dance. They talk, and he drops her off at home. And then Dawn goes back to the same swimming hole, and she screams when she sees a freshwater crab crawling on Toby's penis. This is another <laughs> like kind of like could be funnier moment to me. I don't know. It, yeah. For some reason, it doesn't come across as funny even in the black comedy type of way. Right. Or black horror. Yeah. Yeah, black, black comedy. Com- black yeah. comedy, yeah. She drops her purity ring off of a cliff in a very, you know, dramatic, symbolic, yeah. dramatic moment. Um, she then researches vagina dentata and realizes that she might have it. <laughs> um, she goes to see a gynecologist, Dr. Godfrey, in an attempt to find out what's happening to her, but then he is disgusting takes off his glove and says that he's going to test her flexibility. Ugh, ugh. Yeah. He's horrific. I hate him. It's... Ugh. Um, it's a very... Um, the dentist in Little Shop sort of moment. Yeah. That's the vibes I get here. Yes. And like, oh, God, it's so awful. This girl has never even like... He, he's like fisting her. Yeah. Like... Poor thing. So she panics and her vagina bites off four fingers on his right hand. Um, and he starts screaming vagina dentata. It's real. Vagina it's dentata, real. It's real. Um, while biking home, several police vehicles pass her and she sees someone driving a car that looks like Toby's car. She decides to go back to visit the pool to investigate. When she arrives, she sees the police bringing up Toby's body. He died of shock in the water. So meanwhile, back at home, her mom is ill, and she she ends up collapsing. Um, we we have this whole like imagery of like the uh, there's like a uh, what am I trying to say the plant that's behind them like the nuclear oh the nuclear plant yeah the nuclear plant and we we get the sense that that's what's wrong with her mom but we don't it's not really yeah. explained that much yeah. and then you also yeah you think. It give it provides a reason in the narrative for all of these weird mutations, quote yeah. unquote, or things to be happening. Don comes home and finds her, but Brad and Melanie are just like in his room having sex while Don's mother lies on the floor. And so Don, uh, Don's mom is taken to the hospital. She goes to Ryan, very distressed, uh, very, very much so hysterical about her encounter with the doctor and then her mom. Like all this bad yeah. shit is going down. Ryan gives her like a Xanax. Yeah, um, and then and some champagne, and she's chilled in the bath, and like, and he's kind of like, I mean, he's he's kind of like he lights all these candles. It's you know, she says, "This is how I imagined it would be." Blah, blah. Yeah, and it, he's he's attempting to be like sweet. Yes, like he is the first person in her life who's ever treated her with like respect. Yeah, and so he uh, masturbates her with a vibrator. Mm-hmm. He's initially afraid that she'll hurt him. She finds. She finds that when she's relaxed and consenting to do the sexual activity taking place, her teeth do not engage, which this I am going to call out as a dated... Um, it's a dated view it's of a consent. It's a dated view of consent, and Lichtenstein has come out and said this was a complete mistake. Yes. So he, he has apologized for that and said it, it, was, it was a mistake because in the logic of this movie... That would mean that if someone is drugged, then they are automatically consenting. Right. Right. By the logic of this, because the vagina dentata does not 
Exactly. Yeah. Activate. I don't know. I don't know Activate, the terminology, yeah. but you I know think... what? You know what I mean. Yeah. So then the the next morning they have sex again, um, fully consenting because she's she's yeah, sober now, now. She's yeah. This is like, and we see her like admiring her body, admiring her breasts. Yeah. Like this is the only nudity in the film. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 this moment that she's like, okay, I can be a confident woman. I can do this. This is this is good. Yeah. Which, so this is fully consensual sex that's happening, but, so she's straddling him, and then, like, mid, um, midway through, he gets a phone call. Who answers and the phone answers in the, the of sex? And answers the fucking phone. Um, but then he's, like, smugly boasting that he, um, and the friend had bet on whether he could have sex with her. Yeah. Um, and then she's, you know, pissed off. Because he essentially tricked her. Mm-hmm. And her vagina bites off his penis. And she leaves to call his mother. Or she leaves him to call, like, to, to his own devices, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Don's stepfather, Bill, attempts to throw Brad out. But Brad sets his dog on Bill, during which Brad confesses his love for Don. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> you made her my sister. I loved her. <laughs> it's like, bro... You were three. Relax. Yeah, you were young. Like, like come yeah, on. He's, he's supposed to be like almost thirty in this, though, right? Like, he's so creepy. Yeah. Um, Dawn meets her stepfather and Melanie at the hospital after mother has died, and seeing her stepfather hurt and hearing from Melanie how Brad told her to ignore her mother's cries for help earlier, she becomes emboldened by her power and goes back home to seek revenge. Dawn puts on makeup, this like very virginal white dress. Yeah. Um, and successfully seduces her stepbrother. Not hard. Exactly. <laughs> this is like clueless gone wrong. Um, <laughs> and right in the middle of this, Brad remembers that this opening scene where Don bit his finger, um, but it was not her mouth that bit him. As he realizes this, Don's vagina bites off his penis. He drops it on the, or she drops it on the ground. <laughs> this moment, just the plunk. It just like falls out and of her vagina. And we see the piercing in the, the Prince Albert or whatever. Which, by the way, was was safe for the dog to consume. It was made by a bakery. Aw, cute. It was a little sugar thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> the weird things that I found when I was just researching this movie. You know, if anyone's <laughs> interested, there you go. You have the information. Now you're welcome. And so Brad calls his dog to bite her, but instead he eats Yeah, instead eats mother it. eats it, yeah. And <laughs> just spits out the head with the ring in it. Mm-hmm. And then Don leaves him, and he presumably bleeds to death. I don't know. I would imagine so. No one's coming to help him. Nope. Don uh, gets on her bike again. Um, her bike tire. Yeah, it gets, pops she gets a, a flat. Hole. Yeah, yeah, she gets a flat. So she starts hitchhiking. She gets a lift from this old creepy man. Um, she falls asleep and rides for several hours, waking up after nightfall at a gas station. When she tries to get out of the car, he repeatedly locks the doors, which. I guess it's not one of those locks where you can just kind of pull it. Yeah, I've seen some. Like, I've, I've been in cars with those where it's not, like, You can't, yeah. like, just pull the fucking thing. So he licks his lips. Ugh, He's as, so gross. As if to ask for a sexual a, favor, obviously, you know. It's a real cash grass or ass situation. Yeah. Dawn hesitates, but then she looks towards the camera and the old man with a seductive smile. And that is the end of this film. Sure is. Sure is. So... There is a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Um, this movie has essentially been talked to death. Uh, there are so many different opinions 
on this movie and specifically whether it's a feminist or anti-feminist film. Right. Um, or just like, yeah. But first of all, I kind of want to, I want, I want to go to the surface level stuff of the movie and then we'll get a little bit deeper. I want to get the surface level stuff out of the way. We mentioned earlier that like, I want this to be funnier. Yes. And it was supposed to be. So when I, when I was just kind of researching how this movie was made and how it was produced and everything, Mm -hmm. they had a completely different idea for even how it was supposed to be, how it was supposed to be presented to the public. Okay. Yeah. I saw the, so the original movie poster that they were supposed to, to have looked a lot like the movie poster for like hot chick. You remember that movie? From around the same time? Oh, the one with Rob Schneider? With Rob Schneider, where they uh, switch places. Yeah, Um, and Rachel McAdams. Oh, is she in it? Maybe she's in it. Anna Faris is in it. Okay, yeah. And her and Rob Schneider switch places and, you know, all that stuff. So it was kind of similar to that, where this original one just had our main character standing... um, It was a very simple poster. So she was just standing, looking kind of just like quirky and silly and a little disheveled. And then she has a shirt that says sex changes everything. Which we see her wear throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like she's only wearing that shirt. But then it has the sticker that covers up in her sex ed book or whatever in her anatomy book. Um, It has that same sticker over her, you know, vagina um, that has... So it's so it's censoring that, and then it's just yeah. So it's just her making this like quirky face, and the real movie poster, the movie poster that they decided to go with, is more menacing. It's her in a bathtub. That's like um, milk. Yeah. You can only see like her eyes, maybe her it's nose, like or whatever. It's like it's just her face. It's I'm like looking just, at it now. Yeah. yeah it's it's just like her just face. her face, and then it's got in like bold red letters at the bottom teeth yeah so it was more pushed as a horror film than a comedy which i think maybe if it was presented more as a uh dark comedy then i it maybe it would have come across better i don't know um yeah hard to say it's not but it's it doesn't the comedic moments don't really land for some reason yeah i mean part of this could be that it's his first script right yeah um although the script i think is funny on paper Right, the yeah. beats are funny. I think it's yeah, it's being a, a, a young f- or like a new filmmaker, mm-hmm. and th- the acting is not incredible in this. Don, uh, uh, Jess Wexler is very good in it, but everybody else is kind of yeah. It. I was comparing it to Saved. Yeah, and if it had been that cast mm-hmm. doing this movie, that would uh, that would slap. Like that would be yeah. amazing, right? Yeah, this movie would have definitely been better. And I also think just more clear in its intentions if the comedic moments... Because the idea of comedic moments are there, but they just they don't land. Yeah, it goes into... I, so we were discussing whether or not it's intentionally camp. And I think it I is. I think it is, but it just doesn't land that way. I mean, it has way. to be. The amount of times we see a dick drop onto the floor, yeah. that's camp. Like, that is a clear comedy beat. That's supposed mm-hmm. to be stupid and over the top. Josh Pace, uh, the doctor, yeah, uh, that is a camp moment. Yeah, but it's yeah, the moments that aren't aren't. Yeah, and it, it just it, it it's a little um, of two minds, and I don't think it ever fully gets into one. Yeah. Even that being said, I do love this movie. Yeah. I I love this movie, and it's very fun to watch. It's very fun to talk about. 
it's funny to see people's reactions when they, <laughs> I've been telling people we were covering it this weekend. I have so many things to say about people's general reactions to this movie. Yeah, so I saw it for the first time <laughs> in college. It would have been like 2009 or so. And a bunch of friends had seen it like the year before. And they would talk about it all the time. It's like, all right, I'll watch it. Like, let's let's go. What is this? And so I was like, I, first time I saw it, I had, I think, a not great reaction in that it was like a whole lot of like, ee, oh, cringe, right? Mm-hmm. Going back and rewatching it with a critical eye, I think it is still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really good choices in it. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's of too many minds, or at least two minds, not just one. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like a unified product like uh, Tucker and Dale is. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just, yeah, because it's a, it's a first attempt, you know? Is what I would chalk it up to. Yeah. Like, the cinematography has really good choices. Like, the difference... You were talking about um, um, Brad's room. Mm -hmm. And when you see it in contrast to the rest of the house, it's really well done. Yeah. Because his is a completely different uh, realm of the house, right? Mm -hmm. Every time we transition from, like, the nice, soft white light or, like, yellowish light of the rest of the house and you go into, like, the dingy gray of his room. Yeah. it's And it's all smoky in there as opposed to the rest of the house, which is almost kind of, like... It's in a haze filter, but it's not like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's clean. Mm-hmm. It's like very, you know, like lower middle class, but clean. Yeah. And his is like disgusting. Yeah. So I I only first saw this movie maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, that's right. You and I watched it together. So, so the amount of, the amount that I heard about this movie automatically made me think that it was made in the 70s or 80s like right. the the um the myth and the legend of this movie the amount that i heard about it growing up <laughs> or you know obviously after 2007 was so astounding that when i first watched it i was like wait this is a 2007 movie i literally thought it was from i was like is this a remake like i was so confused right just because i had heard so much about it and so many people we're talking about it because of its shock value. Yeah, and it's a it's a cult classic. Yeah. It did not do well in theaters, which honestly... Not surprising. That's not surprising at all. There are two main reasons that people go to the movies. There are a dozen reasons, but the two main ones, um, especially in 2007, would be to go on a date mm-hmm. um, and to take your kids. Yeah. To do something with the kids on a Friday night. So those two populations of people aren't going to go see Teeth. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Unless you're us. It also, right, yeah, we would, but <laughs> we that's would. different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's also, it probably didn't get a wide screen release either. No, it was up against 27 Dresses, that horrific rom-com. Oh, that oh, it's so it terrible. so bad. I love rom-coms, but that era of rom-coms was rough. It's, yeah, it's just, ugh. Yeah, just not fun. Anyhow, so I interrupted you. So everyone knew what it was about. You know, like the spoiler was there. Yeah, you already Um, know it going in. You already know about it going in. But, you know, you don't know the context and you don't know how this is going to be presented. Mm -hmm. And there have been, there are many different opinions on this movie, like I said, about whether it's feminist or anti-feminist or somewhere in between. I think it's somewhere in between. I, I agree. think it's bad feminism is what I think it is. Yeah, it's very on the surface feminism. It's not a deep exploration of it at all. Well, so okay, so on one hand, this is kind of, I mean it's it's definitely like a like a rape revenge cautionary yeah. tale for slimy men, right? Yeah, it's it's like kill bill or And she does gain she does gain some form of agency and has a strong arc here with you know also just discovering herself 
Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And coming into her own and finding her own strength and power. And I do love the context of where we were politically when this movie came out. This, again, was the, the George Bush era where abstinence was, mm-hmm. was the only sex ed taught. Yeah. And I love that that's how her story starts as, you know, an, an abstinence... Um, like warrior, warrior or like uh, uh, advocate. Advocate, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, or evangelist, how about that? Yeah. It's evangelical abstinence education, or not even education, but like. <laughs> yeah. Because where that stems from, especially in Christianity, is the oppression of women and their sexual in their sexuality because mm-hmm. because for so long people have been afraid of a woman's body and afraid of vaginas. We literally and... call sex the original sin. Yes. So it's all about oppressing women and finding their sexuality because it's believed to be too powerful and the dick has been on top for way too long but so here's where this kind of gets a little <laughs> this is nicole's pro cowgirl rant <laughs> right exactly this is where it gets a little convoluted though because you could argue that this just increases the fear of the female body or you know and i want to preface yeah. that i'm that i am using man, uh, man woman female male as a very limiting a limiting term and i realize that it's it's all just in the context of this movie not the greater context of gender itself yes yes that is not what i am trying to say at all um i am just trying to put it in the context of this movie so yeah it, it's this is why this movie has been talked about so much because on one hand there's the whole rape revenge cautionary tale for men and and shining a light on how men how persistent men can be and what does consent really mean yes. and you know what and what has evolved now into if you don't have if you don't have so I can say a friend of mine uh, used to teach sex ed, and she says she described consent as sex is a hell yeah and a high five, or consent is a hell yeah and a high five. Yes, exactly, perfect. Yeah, that's what that's Shout what I was to trying Misha, to. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I was trying to find in my head was if you don't have an exuberant response that's a yes, then it's not consent. Right. Yeah. We've Be- re- we've definitely restructured this this uh, conversation around what consent is, which is great because yeah. I don't know a single woman in my life who has not had an experience where they have had sex with someone so that they would a leave them alone Mm -hmm. or b they would you know just because they were so persistent they got tired and they said fine it'll only be two minutes anyway (laughs) and then you realize how fucked up that is yes and so i love that this movie explores that and i love that it's ties in the religious aspect of it especially yes. in like i said christianity uh it's all about the oppression of women and their sexuality and all of that so i love that that's how this movie uh, this movie's trajectory goes but also it's elimination of queerness and everything like that yeah as well, you know like yeah you can also argue though that she's still punished for being sexual you can you can argue that just like in, because some people believe that this broke down a lot of those tropes of when a woman loses her virginity in a horror film, she gets killed or something really right. terrible happens to her. But also, in at least the middle of this film, she's being punished in a way for being, for for uh, losing her virginity. Yeah, although I would say it's self-flagellation. Yeah. Which is, so it's the internalized misogyny. 
Yes. Being pointed to, so that this is the argument, right? Against yeah, that, right? Exactly. Is that it, it's the he's pointing out the internalized misogyny of yes. a woman berating herself for becoming sexual, right? And I, that's the message that I like here, and I like that Lichtenstein went back and said, "Oh shit, I fucked up with the Ryan scene." Yeah. I appreciate that. That is important to do. Like. Yeah, as we uh, uh, know better, do better type thing. Um, yeah. Exactly. And you, you do kind of have to put this in the context of 2007. And, if and we're he, looking at it 14 years later. Yeah. yeah. If he had doubled down and said, and said, I don't see the problem, then yeah, that, that would have been that would be one bad. thing. But yeah, it's, it's good to own up to your mistakes that, you know, you'll inevitably make as an artist talking about something that is very political on one hand. Um, and also... Yeah, I, I also want to get into the hypocrisy that happens when people watch this movie. Sure. Um, so a lot of reviews, especially a lot of reviews made by men, have like basically warned other men and said like if you like don't watch this movie or like or saying like basically saying like if you if if you love your member then don't watch this movie or yeah, you know it's a lot of the conversation it, i heard around it at the time as well or like you're going to be completely traumatized by this like et cetera, et cetera, you know and i'm and i'm over here just like okay so every single time in a horror film when a woman gets mutilated and we've had to watch that that's just fine sure or you know no i know yeah every single time a woman has been raped in a movie that's just fine yeah and then the second that your penis is um in jeopardy you're <laughs> like oh no i'm not watching this uh <laughs> like oh, yeah. like fuck off um so there there's a lot of hypocrisy surrounding surrounding this where like men telling other men not to see it yeah, and also men just getting so, like, so upset about it. So grossed out. Like, turning it off after the first, yeah, quote-unquote, offense. You know what I mean? When I'm like, we have had to watch women. Agreed, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's Fully. kind of what horror is a little bit famous for, unfortunately. It's, it's even though women are a huge uh, demographic that watch horror films, mm-hmm. uh it's still geared towards men most of the time. Yeah. So in order for, so for this, you know, one movie to come out and men to be like, oh no, 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 <laughs> I'm not doing that. Or just like, even when we bring it up to other, to other people, a man's gonna be like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Have fun with that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, uh, that, yeah. that ain't me. Um, but y'all, y'all do your thing. I'm just like, no, I think it's, I think it's something important for you to also see because then you can put yourself in our shoes for when we have to mm-hmm. watch our, our bodies on screen get mutilated and... It, yeah, and, and yeah. You know? Totally. No, I'm, I'm fully with you on this. I, yeah. So I have, I, I definitely have conflicting, I, I have conflicting opinions on this movie where on one hand, it can be seen as a really great feminist text but on the other hand, unfortunately, and also fortunately, because I do think that shedding light on how people view movies then reflects how they view their own selves and their own lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy that that is what this movie exactly reflected upon with men centering themselves again in a narrative that's not about them. Yes. So all of the reviews are sympathetic towards the ra- the rapist in this movie. Which is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. So they're seeing her as a monster and they're seeing the men as the victims. In a lot of these reviews that I read, and 
I so while I'm happy that it kind of shed light on that and kind of said, oh, okay, so that's how you're choosing to see this. This is like a litmus test. And that's like, the word I was take, looking yeah. for. Yes, litmus test. Sorry, I was sitting over here trying to come up with it. Yeah. Listen, so here here are the levels to it. If you are trying to go out on a date with a man, say that you want to watch teeth. If they say no, say, okay, then I'm canceling the date. If <laughs> <laughs> if they say yes, they've moved on to level two. And then they have to see how they react to it. Level two, you see how they react to it. If they've already seen it and they agree to watch it again, then they've already passed. There we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay. But if they haven't seen it, they make it to level two. That's your only like in Monopoly when you're like, yeah, they won. <laughs> Pass, go, collect $200. I don't know. I don't play board games. I'm sorry. I don't. I, Monopoly is the only one I know. Okay. So level two is that. Then you see how they react to it. If they make it through the whole movie, that's level three. Level three is what did you think? Yep. That's all you need to ask. Yep. And then you'll know everything you need to know about how they are going to... Uh, treat you especially sexually. Yes. Agreed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I will say, like, I, I don't think it's wrong for people with penises to cringe at those moments. No, absolutely not. But it's also, it's, it's just when, when um, they're centering themselves again and exactly. saying it's the worst possible thing. I'm like, okay, bro, uh, we've seen, we've seen way worse in all of your little films that you're making us watch. <laughs> so like, relax. You can take one for the team. I, I am aware of a Serbian film. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, fuck that movie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not this podcast. Yeah, so so there's so there's that side of it. I don't know, it's it's very complex. This movie has raised a lot of complex issues. Yeah, no, and I think it's a, I think I, this is one I I'm, I just want to circle back to people reading this as she's the monster. Like as fucking if. So I'm going to point out a few moments that make it very clear that she's not. One, they're all assaults. Yep. End of list. Actually, one time is the only time that she is performatively monstrous is with Brad. Yes. But he has already been, he's already been sexualizing her since she was a child. Yeah. So he has like tried to groom her and failed. So this, that is the rape revenge moment, even though it's not an assault. Um, yeah. She quote unquote consents here, uh, but it is to attack him yeah that is the only moment when she is to, like uh performatively when it's premeditated monstrous. exactly yeah um every other time it's she has been assaulted even looking back at it like saying like oh yeah definitely it wasn't uh consent when she was drugged the way we reanalyze that now is that's the it, it's not the way the script runs and I, i'm being too generous here but the fact that she was you could look at it as the fact that she was tricked and drugged and therefore Date, uh, raped. I'm not going to say date raped because there's no fucking difference. She was raped, and um, I that, that like that is his punishment for performing ba- badly yeah. as a person, right? Or being immoral or what have you. But it, yeah. So every single time, it's some version of assault or persistence or attempt to grooming or what have you, right? Yeah. And then we, like, even the, um, there's a, there's the moment, uh, which is a very campy line, but it's after uh, Ryan loses his dick. Yeah. Her line is some hero, because there's a through line mm-hmm. when we see this, that the vagina dentata myth, 
it was like it's explicitly about men fearing women's genitals. So they have or like to the fe- or like female it. genitalia, yes. yes, and it's literally conquering it as a hero. Yes, and he she tells him all of these things, Ryan, and he says that he's her hero, and then assaults her, mm. and like, yeah. Uh, so clearly he's not, and that's that moment, right? She yeah. says some hero after uh, the teeth engage. Yeah, and there we are, right? Yeah. Every time someone tries to conquer her, yeah, it, so, through some form or another, they are dismembered. Literally, yeah. Um, so I think that that is it, it's so clear to me that they're not that she is the hero, and that yeah. it's not conquering; it's learning to live with, learning to understand and embrace whatever her form, her sexuality takes. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that that is the the intention. So to really put the fine point on how I feel about this film <laughs> is a conflicted, um, <laughs> which is fine. It's good, yeah. you know. Um, if I knew exactly how I felt about every piece of art, then like that would be really weird. Um, yeah, superpower. It would be boring, honestly. Um, <laughs> where I don't think it's I don't think it's feminism, but I also I think it's bad feminism where right. the intention was was there, but it fell short in a lot of ways other than shock value. That's fair. That's completely um, fair. It fell short in its in its uh, comedy. It fell short in, and it's not their fault that men decided to center themselves again. That's just like you know, in, it's what men are trained to do. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of successes with this film, but there are also a lot of shortcomings, which I think is the reason why it's going to be talked about for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. because it is such a complex issue of how how people treat each other, really. Yeah. Yeah, and how ingrained a lot of misogyny is in everyone. Yeah. I think this movie is... I'm with you. I, I, it's not good feminism, but it's it's trying to be. It's the intention is there, it just falls short. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And again, I think it, a lot of it comes down to just. I think it just comes down to a lack of experience. You yeah. know, if he th- if this had been his like third or fourth movie, yeah, it might be a little clearer, a little better. You know, yeah. a little more focused in certain ways and able to la- stick the landing in other ways and like you know what I mean. Yeah. That being said, it's also just a lack of research and a lack of understanding, which he has owned up to. Yeah. And that's, there we go, right? Um, yeah. And, but I do, I like reading, I like the queer reading of this film. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it was written by a queer man. Mm-hmm. That there is this almost implication that she may not be straight. Yeah. And that that is... It was something that a friend and I were talking about who had seen this movie a while ago, like a couple of years ago. We were talking about the queer reading of this film, and they had said that it's implied that being with women is her option, right, for okay. being sexual. Okay. And um, having her, uh, it was it was it was a lesbian at lesbian at least reading of mm-hmm. the film um, that that. Somebody who will be sensual with her uh-huh. and would know her body mm-hmm. is actually what she's like. It's it's a coming out story huh. that she experiences uh, sex with penises, pen- penetrative sex with sex with you know 
assigned male at birth people mm-hmm. and ends up not wanting that. Interesting. I've and never that heard that take. Yeah, no, it was an interesting take. And I, I yeah, it was a, a discussion I had with a friend a few years ago who works on like a lot of queer theory and queering um, mm-hmm. primarily theater, but um, other reads as well. And so looking at it through that lens, it can be be very interesting. And knowing that that, like Lichtenstein hasn't explicitly said that, mm-hmm. but authorial intent isn't everything, right? Clearly. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, I think that that's not actually a bad reading of it at all. Mm-hmm. Is it what what he intended? Maybe not. But that's but art is not your own once it's in the public eye, right? Mm-hmm. It's why like uh, Lynch doesn't talk about his films after he's made them. Yeah, because it's just he's like it's done. It's not mine anymore. I no longer have any claim to this movie. Yeah, um, it is the people's now, and so I, I've always appreciated that take on art. Yeah. Um, now you do have to consider intent because mm-hmm. you want to know if it's malicious or well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but I think that that is, you know, only good, only gets you so far. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you're, you are right that it is, it's a clumsy movie. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, it's trying to be John Waters without being John Waters. And it just misses the mark. Yeah, bit. exactly. Yeah. But it is really pretty. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous film. Jess Wexler is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, there's some other good acting, but it's mostly pretty, meh. It's pretty there, stiff. Yeah, there there are definitely reasons to watch it, and that probably wasn't my last time to watch it. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm not I'd totally watch off. this again, yeah. The one last thing that I do want to bring up is, so, while I certainly subscribe to the feeling and the idea of never having to see another rape scene again, especially an unnecessary one. Yes. Like, I feel like they're all unnecessary. Um, that yeah, we've we've said that as much before on the podcast that that's not our that's not our vibe. Yeah, I ran a, I ran across a really interesting not opposition to that, but something to also just consider is that a you you shouldn't always put trigger warnings on your work. Obviously, yes, always put trigger warnings because you don't know when you put something out in public. You want to obviously take care of your viewers and let them decide. Yes. Um, content warnings same as we do in all of our episodes absolutely um it's just it's it's common courtesy it's a it's a consideration but something that i was reading by a um, feminist author i'll make sure that we link that um i i can i would take me forever to find the name because i read it the other day but i will link it in the um, description here they were saying that by avoiding the topic completely it would be doing a disservice to people who have had the experience um if you don't normalize expressing it then other people are going to feel alone just like a lot of other kind of polarizing things that can happen to people or you know what i mean it's 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 a form of representation and then also they were saying that by telling you know certain populations not to watch something or by not making art that covers those topics, you are um, discrediting the complexities that certain people have and how certain people in ways can separate what's just a film mm-hmm. and what's real life. Um, it was it was interesting because I've just never I've never thought about it in that kind of gray area where, you know, you've heard some people say like, like, nope, I don't think that this should be discussed at all, almost erasing it. From, you know, life, which is harmful. Um, And then also showing any rape scene, sexual assault scene, but also, but especially the ones that you could have easily just implied 
You know, like, do we really have to see, you know, this and that? And then you've got kind of like the gray area where you're like, well, people can make their own decisions, put the trigger warning on it, and don't discredit the complexities that people contain. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I like that read on it. You know? Um, Yeah, totally. Because it's, yeah, I think that that is a a really interesting take. And I, I like that read. Yeah, it was, again, it was just something that I had never really, really considered. So I wanted to put it out there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So I think I think that about does us for, for today. Yeah, right? I, I've got, yeah. that's that's what I've got to say. Yeah. So you guys, <laughs> you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a website, horrorbabespod.com. If you're enjoying listening to us, please give us a rating or, or a review on iTunes. And until next time. Babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe.